lazy that they won't even get a spaghetti face. 16, the sluggard or the sloth is wiser in his own eyes. In other words, that as people begin to, to give them advice and say, hey, listen, you know what, the reason that you're in this situation in your life is because you keep making excuses, because you're not doing the work that you need to do, because you're not finishing the job. And so as they've asked for counsel, as parents or other people come alongside, other adults come alongside, people that they care about, they see their friends in a situation, they're like, listen, the solution to your problem is really easy. Get off your rear and get moving. Okay? I mean, we, we know that, we understand that, and you're, some of the teenagers are like, yes, my parents said that yesterday. So get off your rear, get moving. If you want something, you've got to get in motion to get it. Inertia has got to get you moving. And so this idea is that, listen, there's so many ridiculous things that someone who's that lazy that they won't get moving, they will begin to rationalize their excuses. They will continue to find, they will work extremely hard at finding excuses and making up excuses instead of getting out and getting moving. And sometimes they'll exert so much more energy in making up excuses than actually doing what they should be doing. And everybody's shaking their head, yes, I've been there or I know, and I've been a part of something like that. And so here the author of Proverbs says this is the, the grandiose idea of laziness of what a sloth looks like. Is they're going to make up preposterous excuses. They're not going to be motivated. They're going to be looking around and people are going to be offering them advice and counsel of, hey, if you truly want to earn more money, if you truly want X and you want to get, then you've got to get moving. And they begin to rationalize and make excuses for why they can't do that. And this week, as I've been thinking about this and thinking about it in different areas of even my own life, and that for most of us, this isn't true. We don't lay in bed for days and weeks and hours on time. There may be every once in a while we have a lazy day and we kind of you know, lay around the house and kind of chill out, but this is not our mode of operation of day after day after day, right? But more often than not, most of us in this room, if we're honest, we have selective laziness. We have selective areas of our life where we've become comfortable with our spouse. We've become comfortable with our children. We've become comfortable with our work. We've become comfortable with certain things. And so once we become overly comfortable, then we get into a place where we wake up and all of a sudden we're selectively lazy and we don't pursue and don't do the work that we need to do in our relationships. We don't do the work that we need to do in different areas of our lives. And so all of a sudden, then we realize maybe sometimes too late, that we've been lazy. And so what I want you to grasp this morning is that laziness is a failure to love. Laziness is a failure to love. And so we'll dig into that here a little bit more. But, but so the author of Proverbs gives us this idea, the characteristics of a sloth or, or someone who's lazy, and then he gives us the opposite. So he gives us the sloth and the sluggard, and he says, hey, sloth or sluggard in Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 6, go ahead and turn over there as we continue to talk about it, and Proverbs chapter 6 is the other animal, the other insect is the ant. And so here we have the sloth and the sluggard, and people look at them and go, wow, they're extremely slow, they're extremely lazy, they get in a hurry about nothing. And then you have the ant, and he says, listen, look at the ant. They're productive. They consistently are doing, day after day, they consider the grind. They know that what the grind is, and day after day, they do it. And so let's look at the ant hill. We know what the sloth is about. Let's look at the ant and consider their way. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to Proverbs chapter 6. Whatever you're using. Here we go. Go to the ant, you sluggard. So we already know, sluggard, they're lazy, they're going to make up excuses. Consider, 
its ways and be wise. This idea of consider is to literally look intently. And so I don't know about you, but as a boy, one day I got the idea to take a magnifying glass and we had fire ants in our backyard. We had ant hills. They were kind of cool, interesting thing. And so I was just kind of discovering my world. Y'all ever been there? And so I got the magnifying glass and I went out and I looked intently at the ants. I mean, you, you get up close, you look at them, and then you see all these different bugs and all this different stuff. And it's kind of cool for a little bit. But being a boy, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, whatever that was, and I had the magnifying glass, all of a sudden I realized that, hey, I put my hand down there and things got hot. Kind of cool. And so then you go from looking intently to blowing things up with the magnifying glass, right? And so what he's saying here is don't blow things up. But what I want you to do is to take a magnifying glass of your life and to look intently, to consider the ways of the ant and of your life and to make comparisons. So what do we know about ants? One is they're disciplined. They have extremely disciplined lives. Day in and day out, they do the tasks that they're tasked for. They're, they're created for specific things. And so they, they get up that day, and if they're the worker ant, they go and they do the work that they're supposed to do. If that's pull, literally some of them that are, are um, they trash workers. They pull trash out of the colony. They pull trash out of the nest. And then others are scouts, and they go and they scout out for food. And when they find food, they on the way back from the food to the nest, they leave a trail, a scent trail, and so that others can go and follow them that there's actually soldier ants that fight and defend and, and provide and protect the colony. And so there's all these different jobs, and so they're disciplined in doing their jobs because they have one purpose, and that's to support and to, to live within the colony. And if they know that the diversity of jobs provides unity of living. And so the same thing is true for us as the body of Christ is that we have a diversity of jobs. Each one of us have a unique calling and a unique purpose. And if we all go do the things that God's called us to do, the diversity of that brings unity to the body. And that people look at an ant calling and they go, how can an ant accomplish covering an entire yard full of ant hills?" That's because each one is doing their task. And what would it be like for the world to look at a church and saying, wow, look at the church. They're diverse in doing what they do, but they come unified and what an impact they have upon their community and they have upon their world by people being unique and doing the things that God's called them to do. But it takes discipline day in and day out to the calling that God has for us. The disciplined life of an ant, that they're also hard workers. You ever notice at a picnic, you look down and the ants are carrying stuff, and it, sometimes it looks like they're carrying a whole loaf of bread compared to their body. I mean, they can carry enormous amounts of weight, almost 10 to 100 times more than their body weight they can carry. And so like, they're, they're the bodybuilders, the Olympic weightlifters of the animal world. I mean, they can carry a massive amounts of weight, and, and so they're hard-working people. They're going to do the work and the job that's necessary. How many of you have been that person who loves ants so much you stomp on an anthill. You just want to see if they're alive and kicking, right? Yep, and as soon as you kick it, what happens? Massive amounts of activity. So you're looking at an anthill on the top, and you're like, you might see one or two, and you may not see a whole lot of activity. But the moment that you kick it, you've destroyed it, and all of a sudden, massive activity comes about. And so all of a sudden, what you've done is you've put off the radar, and those ants are working overtime. Every single, the radar's going off, the alarm's going off, and they're doing whatever they need to do. Everyone's going about their task to get things back to right to get things back to where it should be. And so they're going to, to do the necessary work 
to get to that place. They're also self-starters. They work without a boss or a guide. They know their task, and they wake up in the morning, and they go do it. No one has to tell them. So whenever their snooze alarm goes off, they don't push snooze. That's kind of a cool thing. They're also well-organized. Different people, different ants do different stuff. They overcome obstacles. If a scout goes out and they find a place where there's food, and sometimes between that moment where they found food in the trail, there becomes an obstacle. Somebody drops something else or something happens. A rock gets kicked in the way, and that's an obstacle to an ant. And so they then make a call out to those that can help them, the other scouts, and those scouts go, and they come and they actually find an alternative route that's the shortest route. And again, they'll leave a scented trail for people to get around that obstacle. In other words, they see an obstacle, and they don't see it as something to stop and to turn around and to go back. They see it as an opportunity to solve the problem because they know that winter's coming, and so they've got to get to that food because time is short and they don't have time to waste. And so they're going to get around the obstacle. They see opportunities. And again, everyone gathers together to solve the problem. And I think we saw that well here in LaGrange during the hurricane, is that there was a problem that happened, and everyone gathered around, and everyone did their thing to get to that place. And so we, we've moved past that in many ways. There's still things to do, but we're, we gather together to bring things back to right as quickly as possible. There are also team players. Laziness is a failure to love. Continuing on, verse 7. The ants, they have no commander, they have no overseer or ruler, that they store the provisions in summer and gather its food for harvest because winter is coming. What areas of your life do you need ant-like intensity? Think about your relationships. You've been married more than five years, let's say. It's extremely easy to get lazy in our relationships. Why? Because it's a lot of work to date. It's a lot of work to pursue. I mean, you have to dress up, you have to shower, you have to comb your hair, you have to smell good, you have to do all these different things, and so you pursue. And so, you know, you start, you get married, and when you're first married, you're like, oh, they're still, they're still, I still want to pursue this, and so you still date, you do that, and then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, it costs a lot of money to go on a date. Now we have kids, and so if we want to go on a date, not only is it a dinner, but now we've got to pay a babysitter. And babysitters aren't paid what I was paid. I would make $3.85 an hour. Now they make $385 an hour. And, I mean, it's just like this whole inflation thing. I mean, it, it feels like that, right? I'm saying, I'm talking. And so all of a sudden you realize, you go, wow, I'm spending like $5,000 to go on a date. And you look at the person next to you, and you're like, I don't know. Is it worth all that, you know? And so you're like, you know what, let's just Netflix it in and pop popcorn and and I do that. And so it's real easy to get lazy in our relationships. We get lazy in our relationships with our children and our grandchildren. And so we don't do those things like, you know what, hey, I'm tired. I'm not going to go tuck them in bed. They don't don't need me. They're old enough or, or whatever. And so all of a sudden there's just selectiveness in our relationships with those that are close to us. And then we begin to realize, hey, we're not pursuing and we don't have the relationship we want. And a lot of it is because... Because it's selective laziness. What about also your own self-care? Is it, hey, you know what, 5.30 comes, and you're like, man, this news sounds good, so I'm going to, like, hinge over. And you're like, you know what, you know, and then all of a sudden you wake up, and you're like, it's 7.30, now I've got to be at work at 8, so I can't really work in my two-hour workout. And so, well, you know what, no one will notice that I don't do it today. And, and then Tuesday comes, and you do the same thing. And then all of a sudden you wake up, and it's been six months, and all of a sudden, and again, laziness is a failure to love. And so, so many times we think about loving other people, but we also have to take care and love 
for ourselves. You know, um, you know, Whataburger is easy, all those different things. And so the convenience of all different stuff. And listen, I, I'm, I'm talking out here, but I'm also, I've, I've had to deal with this. this. This truth resonated with me on Monday. That laziness in areas of our life is a failure to love. And so thinking through what are the areas of my own personal life that I'm not loving well and doing the things that I need to do, right? So what about work? You're good at work, your job's easy, and then are we motivated to love well, either the work that we do or those that we do work with? What are the extra things that the day that a co-worker doesn't do what maybe what they should be doing and how our anger and our frustration kind of rises up with inside of us, but you don't know what's happening at home. And so instead of getting angry and all that for this one time, maybe I'm going to step in and I'm going to do something to help them and to care for them. Or maybe in your finances, it's real easy to get lazy in our finances because some of that, you know, some of you, you like Starbucks or you like the big steak coffee or whatever and you got that or some of you you like your sonic happy hour and so every day you go get your vanilla dr pepper that's a root 44 and and all that and that's your energy drink right that's your kind of time for yourself and then you wake up at the end of the month and you realize you just spent twenty five thousand dollars at sonic and um because you have all this stuff i mean really i mean you if you like that's the class that, that we're talking about at ten thirty. there's a class and that's one of the things they talk about is hey some of us we have leaks things that start off as leaks and the next thing you know there's literally there's waterfalls in our budget and we're wondering why we don't have more money at the end of the month and it's because we have all these different links because you got sonic over here and then you got this over here and then you got this over here and then all of a sudden we don't we put our head in the sand sometimes because we don't want to acknowledge the truth is that we don't have enough money to do all the things that we want to do and we need to stop laziness in that area is a failure to love yourself now but also in the future take care of the things that you need to do and maybe the area that many of us that that um, it's easy for people to not notice is in our faith development and our relationship with jesus is that day after day after day if we skip that time if we skip that opportunity to encounter god and in his word and just spend time talking with him and engaging with him and being a part of developing that no one will ever notice right no one will ever know that i don't do these things and aren't a part of these things and so it's that that unnoticed thing and then life begins to happen because you've been in the summer and things are good and then winter comes and you don't feel like you don't sense that you have that relationship with god that you should have and so you ask god why are you doing this and god's saying listen i've been here the entire time we just haven't worked on developing that relationship laziness has produced an opportunity of failure to love to love me and for me for you to experience my love as well. The sloth and the ant. Kind of an interesting picture of why the author of Proverbs would choose those two for us to think about, but for us this coming week. just want to challenge you. Write that somewhere in your deal. Laziness is a failure to love and just kind of write, where am I not loving well in my relationships and who in my relationships? How am I not loving well Myself. How am I not loving well in my relationship with God? How am I not loving well with my coworkers or my classmates? They're going to think, how can I do that little extra, the little extra that will show someone that I love them and pursue, pursue them? Let's pray together. And at the moment of the garden, you could have easily said, I'm out. It's too hard. So many in this room, we do hard things every single day. 
Father, I pray that even in the midst of those hard things, Lord, would you just remind us of some of those areas of our life where maybe we've just been selective and been lazy in those areas and not loved and cared in the way that we need to because it's become comfortable, because it's become easy, whatever that is. Father, I pray that you would just draw us to that. Father, if it's been our faith development, Father, we would be encouraged. Just just pick up Proverbs and begin to read through one chapter a day or even a portion of a chapter a day, Father, to continue to to rekindle, to reestablish the friendship and pursuit of knowing you and of understanding you and just developing that. Father, we love you. We praise you. We look forward to what you have for us this week. It's in your son's name that we pray.